Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. Maybe you've been reading the Bible and something interesting has come up or something you've been struggling to understand. Uh, we would love to have you call in and talk about it. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Also, if you have a prayer request, we would love to pray for you here on the air. Uh, something going on in your life that you'd like to talk about, um, we'd love to have you call in. We want to say welcome to those of you listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM, up and down the front range of, of uh, Colorado and into southern Wyoming area around Cheyenne. So glad that you tuned in today. We also want to say welcome to everyone listening on the East Coast on our syndicated station on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Welcome to the program. We also want to say hi to everyone listening in Tennessee and parts of northern uh, parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. So glad that you are are uh, part of this show here, this uh, Calvary Live show being available in your area as well. And we're so glad that you tuned in today. Just a reminder to those of you listening on the East Coast in the area around Tennessee, you're hearing the program on a one-week delay. But we would love for you to call in, and then you'll be able to tune in the following week, a week later, and listen to yourself live on the air. So that's pretty cool. Also, want to remind you that uh, you can tune in on the app. So if you don't have the phone app yet, you should get that. Uh, just go into your app store on your phone and search Grace FM, and you'll find the app for Android and for iPhone there. And you can listen wherever you're at. Um, whether you know, I know so many people listen in their cars, but then uh, with that app, you can listen uh, wherever you're at. And even if you're outside of our broadcast range, you can listen over the internet. So that's awesome. You can also tune in on gracefm.com just in your browser. I know so many of you do that while you're at work and while you're at home. So however you're tuned in today, welcome to the program. We're glad you're here. Again, this is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life. If you have a prayer request, you can call us or you can text us. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Here at the beginning of the show is always a great time to call in if you want to get on the air because we have all open lines right now, so it's a good time to call. Just a few words about myself. I am your host, every Monday here on Calvary Live, and today is not Monday, I know that. I'm filling in uh, for Pastor Jeff Figgs from Greeley, Colorado, who hosts on Tuesdays, and uh, I'm just filling in for him this week, and I'll be filling in for him next week as well. So uh, I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We're a Calvary Chapel affiliated church in Longmont, and we love to study the Bible. We love to study through books of the Bible, and um, we love God's Word, and we love to study 
the Bible, like I said, and we also love to worship. And so we love to worship. And if you are in the Longmont area, we'd love for you to join us for worship and the word. We have a great children's ministry and uh, up into youth programs we're developing. So we would love for you to come and be part of what God's doing at Whitefields. If you're in the Longmont, Colorado area, whether that's uh, Longmont proper or maybe some of the surrounding communities, you know, out to the east, we've got Frederick, Firestone, Decono, Mead, uh, Berthet up north, and Lyons is nearby, as well as Boulder and Erie and Lafayette. If you're in any of those areas and you're looking for a church home, we'd love to have you join us at Whitefields. You can find out more information about us at whitefieldschurch.com. So it's whitefieldschurch.com. And our church meets at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings in downtown Longmont at the St. Vrain Memorial Building. So if you are familiar with Longmont, it's at 700 Longs Peak Avenue, which is right on the southeast corner of Roosevelt Park, the city park here in Longmont. And it is uh, right on the corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman Streets, just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue. We meet there We meet there at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings for worship and the word, and we would love for you to join us if you're in the area. Let's go over to Kieran in Greeley, Colorado. Hi, Kieran. Hi. Did I pronounce your name right? Um, yeah, it's Kyron. Oh, okay. Cool. So what's up? Um, so like, I just want, like, some prayers for my dad's salvation. He's not really a believer, and, like, it'd be great if he was. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So I take it yeah. that you're you're a believer, obviously. That's cool. So can I ask, how how did you become a believer and your dad is not? Um. So, like, my mom met this girl, and, like, she started telling us about God and Jesus. So I started reading the Bible, and um, that's how I really became saved, but, like, my dad's not. Mm. So I started reading the Bible. That's how I really became saved, but, like, my dad's not. So, yeah. Yeah. Is your dad, have you, I assume you've talked to him. Is he receptive to it? Is he considering it? No. Okay. Well, let's pray for him. Heavenly Father, we pray for Kyron and her dad. Lord, thank you for your work in Kyron's life. Thank you for this person who came into the the relationship there with her family. And Lord, that you use that person to bring your truth and grace and love into Kyron's life. And Lord, we pray for her that she would just be a bright, burning light in her home. And that her dad would see that. That he would see the change that takes place in her life, Lord. And that he would hear her testimony. That he would be changed by seeing how you have changed Kyron, how you are changing her. And Lord, we pray that you would um, you would bless her. Lord, let her testimony be strong. And Lord, would you uh, anoint her with your spirit, enable her to minister to her dad and to serve him. And Lord, as your word says, let our words be with salt, that we might give that good word in right season, uh, as seasoned with salt and always full of grace. And so, Lord, I pray that Kyron's words would, would truly be that way, seasoned with salt and always full of grace. And, Lord, that you would soften her dad's heart, open him up, and, Lord, that you would save him. So, Heavenly Father, we pray that in Jesus' name with full confidence, knowing that, that this is truly your will. So it's according to your will. It's the kind of thing that you love and that you're into. So, Heavenly Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless thank you, Kyron. You. Hey, thank you for calling in. Yeah.
Bye. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got two open lines right now. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Rochelle in Denver, Colorado. Hey, Rochelle. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Thank you. I just wanted to thank you for your share today. I could totally relate with that. Um, I was one of those carnal Christians for a long, long time, and I didn't even know it. And I just, I got so lost in sin that I lost everything. And by the grace of God, I've been redeemed and free and healed 100%. I was so sick, I thought I was dying. I came to Denver, Colorado to die. And by the grace of God, I've been set free. And wow. I just wanted to thank you for sharing today, and I wanted to testify. And and I do have a prayer request. I'm looking for a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently homeless, but I'm staying with my wonderful pastor and his family who extended that to me, and I'm so grateful. Um, but I have wow. no fear and no worry, because <laughs> I know I'm in God's hands. Well, it sounds like you have a pretty awesome pastor, somebody willing I to... Do take you in and, and help you out. So that's great. And I only met him like five times. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness. I know. I am so blessed. Wow. I'm just filled with the Spirit and overcome with joy. That's cool. So what was the message that you heard today? Was it a message here on the radio? Yes. Okay, cool. And was it, you're saying it was me or was it one of the other teachers here? I don't know, but even the last message I heard was, you know, was like right exactly what I needed to hear about, you know, yeah. just answering questions that I had about being filled with the Spirit, and um, just all day long, it's just been such a blessing. Well, let's see, since about one thirty this afternoon, off and on, I have been able to tune into the radio station, and, and yeah. it's just been everything that I needed to hear. Yeah, Grace FM is just a huge blessing, right? You turn in, you tune in any time of the day, and you can just hear Bible teaching all day long. It's just that idea of sowing to the Spirit that we read about in Galatians, and um, and you reaping life. So that's awesome. Yeah. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, pray for Rochelle. Thank you for the good work that you're doing in her life, Lord. Thank you for the healing that she's experienced. Thank you, Lord, that you have filled her with her spirit and she, or with your spirit, and you have, she has a sense of your presence in her life. Lord, thank you for your provision. And thank you for this pastor of hers who has just been so uh, generous and gracious and kind. And so, Lord, we thank you for these things and thank you for these testimonies of how you take care of your children and how you're providing for them through the body of Christ. And Lord, I pray for Rochelle that you would lead her to the right job, that you would open the door for her to have the perfect job that she needs to have, um, Lord, so she can do all the things that you're calling her to do. So, Lord, I pray that you would bless her. You'd be with her. You'd strengthen her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Pastor. God bless you, Rochelle. All right, bye-bye. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us, 720-336-0897. With your questions about the Bible... Uh, your prayer requests. We'd love to hear from you and talk to you on the air. Let's go to James in Baltimore, Maryland. Hey, James, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you, Pastor Nick? Doing wonderful. What's up? 
So I, I called a couple weeks ago. I, I'm I'm orthodox, but I listen to I listen to your show all the time. I I, I love it. You're a good man. I uh, appreciate that. Thank you. Sure. So uh, you know I, I you know I love Protestants. I love Catholics. I love Orthodox. I love anybody that believes in you know God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And I, I love having talks about the differences between the the denominations. But my, so my question today, and I guess I just like to hear your comment. So yeah. when talking about the the body and blood, you know, uh, being the act communion, being the actual body and blood of Jesus. Um, I, I heard a sermon the other day, and, and it, w- it was an Orthodox sermon, and, and the, the, what he said about it actually it made a lot of sense to me, and I just wanted to hear you comment. In John chapter 6, when, when Jesus says that, you know, it's, you have to eat his flesh and drink his blood, and then some of his disciples left him, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, a, a pretty amazing thing, that these people were with, were with God and Jesus, and something was so offensive to them that, that they left. But right. Jesus didn't—he didn't correct himself. He didn't say, no, uh, that's it. I'm just talking about a symbol. I'm just talking about a metaphor. He didn't say that. You know, he said, if this offends you, you know, then, then goodbye. You know, he, he didn't correct himself. He stuck with it. He said, this, this is—you have to eat my flesh and, and drink my blood. Right. And so you're wanting to hear my take on that? Are of you, course, I, I, so I, are lo- you, I love hearing I guess, your take on everything, Pastor Nick. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's very flattering. But let me uh, let me ask, just clarify what the question is. Are you wanting my take on the question of transubstantiation, consubstantiation, yeah. the idea of the yeah. the actual presence of Christ in the what we call the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper? Yeah. So let yeah. me uh, yeah, let me just give a couple different views. And actually, I would be uh-huh. interested to hear the, the Orthodox view because I am most, of course, familiar with Western Christianity and you know Roman Catholicism and, and Protestantism. So, okay, so just a quick anecdotal background. I grew up in a family. My dad's side was Roman Catholic. My mom's side was Lutheran. I went to Lutheran school growing up in Denver, but we went to Roman Catholic Church on Sundays. So I kind of became very familiar with both. And then when I was a teenager, I became a Christian through some friends of mine, and that's when I would say I was truly born again, and I entered a personal relationship with God, and that was a Protestant church, and non-denominational church, that's kind of how I got involved with Calvary Chapel. So I am very familiar with the, you know, the Roman Catholic view, for maybe some of our listeners, I'll just tell them, is what's called transubstantiation, and that is also called the real presence. So they believe that when the priest, for example, pronounces the words, this is my body over the bread and elevates the cup, that the elements actually transform into the physical body and blood of the Lord. So they change uh, in, you know, not in a discernible sense, right? Like it still tastes like bread and tastes like wine or, you know, fruit of the grape or the juice of the grape or whatever, but they are um, to be understood to be the true presence of the Lord, his actual body and blood. Now, um, Martin Luther, so the Lutheran side, you know, kind of the the lead guy in the Protestant Reformation, he held a view which was sometimes been called consubstantiation, but I'll tell you this, knowing Lutherans, they would actually, most Lutherans would actually argue with this. They don't believe, they believe that this is a misrepresentation of Luther. And so Luther held this idea called consubstantiation, at least supposedly, and, um, like I said, is disputed. But consubstantiation is kind of a half measure between um, the memorial view of 
of communion, which is held by, in the Re- Reformation, is held by a guy named Hulrich Zwingli. And he was the Swiss reformer. So Martin Luther said, okay, well, the bread and the cup remain the bread and the cup. And yet Christ's presence is actually there in them um, when, when they're prayed over in that same way. So, for example, for Roman Catholics, they will never um, let any of the, what they call it, the Eucharist, or the elements of the communion go to waste. Like, they'll never throw them away because, I mean, that would be so terrible in their view to throw away the body, actual body and blood of Christ. So, that's why um, if, it's, if there's any left over, like, let's say you prepared a certain amount and then you had a light day of attendance, then there, it would be the priest's duty to actually consume what was left of the bread. And of course they use wine, alcoholic wine. And you know, that, that has led to other problems. Now, I don't think that the problems it has led to like with alcoholism and priests should be the thing that determines theology, but I'll just say that as an anecdotal sense, it, um, it has led to problems. So then the, so these are really the three views. Okay. So you've got the, at least in Western Christianity. Now I do want to hear what Eastern Christians teach. So um, that's transubstantiation, which is a Roman Catholic view, the real presence. Then you have consubstantiation, which is um, some Lutherans. And again, that's disputed. And then you have what's called the memorial view, which is held by uh, Zwingli and many other Protestants. So a lot of like, for example, the more Anabaptist tradition. So leading more towards, um, uh, yeah, away from the, what we call high church Protestantism. And so they believe that it's just a memorial, that these are symbols and that as we take them, they are nothing more than uh, symbols that help us remember what Jesus did for us. But there's no actual mystical presence of Jesus uh, in the elements. So for me, it's probably interesting, you know, it's probably because of my background in um, in those those faiths, you know, my goal is to be completely biblical, you know, and I want to be a Christian first and, and drop all other labels and just be a Christian primarily. Um, but here's what where I come down. I guess I come down more on the sense of um, the I, I tend to sympathize with a slightly, I guess it's called mystical view, but I hope nobody misunderstands that. Is that I do believe that there is some sense in which the, the bread and the cup are more than just symbols. I think that when Jesus says, he doesn't say this is like my body, um, he says, this is my body. Now I understand how similes and metaphors work. It could just be that he's using a metaphor, but it seems to me that this was to be venerated. It was to be uh, something that was meant to be taken very seriously. And if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul talks about this and he says, you know, because there are people who have been taking the Lord's Supper without um, properly honoring it for what it is as the Lord's body and blood, and, or or even as a symbol, either way, he's saying people have been taking it irreverently in the in the Corinthian church. And he says, because of that, uh, ju- God's judgment is coming upon you. And he says, that's why some of you are experiencing sickness and even death. And so it seems to me that this was something which um, the early Christians understood to be more than just a memorial symbol. And so I, I think that we are to be very reverent about it. It is one of the only two sacraments that... Now, of course, this is where we would disagree as an Orthodox person, as a Protestant, as I am. But um, I see two, I I, um, confess two sacraments, meaning holy acts that were ordained by Jesus. And those are baptism and the Lord's Supper. And I think that those things should be treated uh, with reverence. 
So anyway, does that help answer your question as to my viewpoint? Absolutely, Pastor Nick. I, I, I love hearing you talk. God bless you, my friend. You're a good well, man. Before you go, can I ask you just briefly, what is the Eastern view? Is it uh, more of a transubstantiation type view? So believe it or not, I go to a Coptic Orthodox Church, which oh. the Orthodox Church uh, is separated into to, to two divisions. One is the Eastern, which has all of, you know, Greek and Russian and all those. Uh, so Coptic is Oriental, Oriental Orthodox. There's there's seven churches. There's uh, Coptic, Armenian, Syrian, uh, uh, Eritrean, uh, and the rest. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the view is transubstantiation. It is the actual body and blood of Jesus. Our, our liturgy, our entire three-hour liturgy, is is basically a, a, a preparation to take the communion. So we, you know, we we fast in, in preparation and and we take it very seriously. And it's 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 the most unbelievable thing. If you ever get a chance to go to an, an Orthodox liturgy, it's heaven on earth, my friend. Heaven on earth. And okay. I did not I did not grow up Christian. I became a Christian about five or six years ago. Gotcha. I do know one thing about uh, Coptic Orthodoxy is that you guys are what is called uh, monophysites. So I'll try and uh, explain that to our listeners if you're not sure. Monophysite <laughs> means, well, oh, it's pretty clear. Physite speaks of, um, speaks of nature. So they believe that Jesus yeah. was not fully human, that he was actually God. He only appeared to be human. So that's a, a disagreement so, I know amongst well, Orthodox people. Okay, so I, I should I should tell you to study up on that because we okay. actually so study up on the difference between the monophysite and meophysite and and you'll see that we actually do believe that Jesus was fully human and fully divine. Okay, cool. Well, I will yeah. check into that. Yeah, I had only read that before, so I I appreciate you saying yeah. that. I will look into it. Yeah, it's it, the the split between the Eastern and Oriental was more of a political thing, uh, you know, that, than an actual belief thing. And you know, for whatever reason, they still haven't uh, united yet today, but that's what it is. <laughs> okay. So yeah, study up on it. We absolutely believe that Jesus was fully human and fully divine. Awesome. God bless you. Hey, thanks for calling in. God bless you too. Have a great All day. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm taking your calls and texts on the air today. You can call in with your questions about the Bible or prayer requests that you might have. We'd love to hear from you. The number is 303 690 It's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Chris in Denver, Colorado. Hey, Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. Uh, my question, I don't have the exact address, uh, but it's Matthew, I believe it's chapter 11, on where it's like, what shall we liken this generation to? And um says that uh, it's like, calling to their companions, saying, we played the flute for you, and you did not dance, and we mourn for you, and you did not lament. Uh, what exactly, what do they talk about right there? Yeah, so, you know, the best thing to do is always, when you take a verse and it's like, wow, I have no idea what that's talking about, the best thing you can do is zoom out and then try uh-huh. to see it in its context, and right. that'll that'll help right. you. So let me uh, do that for you real quick. Let's... Let's look at the context here. Um, Jesus, let's see, this is Matthew chapter 11, 
and it says this. Here's how the, it always helps, by the way, to look at the beginning of a section because that kind of gives you the setting. So here's what it says in verse 1. When Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John, that's John the Baptist, heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said, Are you the one who's to come or should we look for another? And, and Jesus answered, go and tell John what you see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. And, and so here, this is, um, this is interesting. A lot of people are really surprised by this. I've had other questions on this context here because people will say, well, how is this? What, what's going on here that now it seems that John the Baptist isn't sure that Jesus is the Christ, like he's the Messiah? How can that be? Because John the Baptist proclaimed that Jesus was the Messiah. And, and I think that's a really good point for us all to consider because what it means is that even John the Baptist, you know, this is a guy who is like Jesus' cousin. Like his parents from before they were born, knew that Jesus was the Messiah. John grew up knowing that, and then he proclaimed it, and now he's starting to have doubts. And why is he having doubts? Well, because the Messiah, Jesus, didn't do the things that he expected the Messiah to do. See, we all have expectations, and mm-hmm. and sometimes they uh, are expectations, and then what God does, that creates a lot of the problems, right? That creates a lot of the doubts and the uh struggles in faith, which is that we, um, we expect that God should do things a certain way. And then when he doesn't, we start to question, well, hey, is there really even a God? Is Jesus for real? So we see that that even happened to the great John the Baptist. So moving on, um, they went away. Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. He said, what did you go out in the wilderness to see? So uh, they went in the wilderness to see John, right? A reed shaken right. by the wind. In other words, John is a big burly man. He's not a, he's not a wuss. And they go out there and he said, oh, did you expect to see a man dressed in soft clothing? You know, what did you go out there to see? You went out there to see a prophet. Yes, more than a prophet. So what Jesus is telling John's followers and the crowd who's listening to them, he's saying, hey, look, um, you know, John's the real deal. And, and yeah, he's a, he's a prophet. In fact, he's a great prophet of God. And he says in verse 11, there is none among you who is greater than John the Baptist. Then he goes on. All right, now let me get to your verse. It's in verse 16. He says, But what shall I compare this generation to? It is like children sitting in the marketplace calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you, and you didn't dance. We sang a dirge for you, and you didn't mourn. He goes, here's the deal. John came neither eating or drinking, and they said, He's, He has a demon. He's demonic. The Son of Man, that's Jesus, came eating and drinking. They say, look at him. He's a glutton and a drunkard. And all Jesus is saying is this. Uh, you know, he's quoting a kind of common song that would be sung by children. You know, like we have some in our day and age too, right? Like ring around the rosy type thing. Okay. So that's what this is. And, uh, and he's saying, you know, this is what it's like with this generation. Basically, you can't win. He goes, no matter what I do, you guys are going to find something wrong with it. You found something wrong with John. You're finding something wrong with me. He goes, John uh, was... You know, he would neither eat or drink, right? We know that he was uh, what we call an ascetic, meaning that he abstained from a lot of pleasures like that you and I might um, indulge in, right? Like eating food and, uh, right? So John lived out in the wilderness. He was homeless. He wore camel skin and ate bugs. And Jesus said, and you looked at him and you said, that guy must have a demon. And then he goes, here I come and I'm eating and drinking and, and enjoying myself and indulging in many things. And you say, I'm a drunkard and a glutton. He goes, basically, I can't win with you guys, you know. Um, 
you, it's kind of like you're darned if you do, you're darned if you don't, in a sense. And I think that's all Jesus is saying. He's saying, look, you want me to jump through all your little hoops. I guess that's another way. Do a song and dance for you. That's really, I guess, how you would put that verse. Right. Okay. And he goes, nothing I do will ever be good enough for you. That's why he even says later on, he goes, and, and if you read the rest of that sentence, or that this whole section, he goes, woe to you. Chorazim, woe to you, Bethsaida. These are towns where Jesus preached. And then he says, if the works that have been done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon. Now, Tyre and Sidon was a place that in the Old Testament God brought judgment on. And right. and, and he says, um, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes. He says, it's going to be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon than for you. In other words, Jesus had come to these people, bringing himself, bringing the gospel, and they were just like, well, we're, we're kind of interested, but... Maybe you could do some signs for us. And he's like, you know what? Nothing I ever do will ever be enough. You have to accept this and believe it by faith. Right. Okay. Hey, i got to okay. let you go because we have come up on our break. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much. I, absolutely. Uh, very good. I, I, uh, I cleared things up. Thank you. All right. God bless you. You're listening God to Calvary you. Live. We will be back in two minutes' time right after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. The number to call is 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Hey, while I've got you, let me take the moment to invite you. If you are in the Longmont, Colorado area, if you're in Longmont City or in any of the surrounding towns and communities, and you're looking for a church, we would love to have you come join us at Whitefields Community Church in downtown Longmont. That's the church I'm the pastor at. And uh, we meet in downtown Longmont on, uh, well, it's at 700 Longs Peak Avenue. It's the St. Vrain Memorial Building. We're on the corner of Kaufman and Longs Peak, just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue here in downtown Longmont. And our website, so you can get uh, directions, you can find times of services, and you can listen to all of our prior messages and things like that. Is Our website is whitefieldschurch.com. So it's whitefieldschurch.com. We'd love to have you come check us out. And you can also hear me every uh, weekday here on Grace FM. I'm on at 2.30 p.m. We have a show every weekday and on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. If for some reason you're not in church but you've got the radio on, tune in Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. You can hear our, our uh, ministry at that time as well. So let's go back to our call in line. We've got Aaron in Parker, Colorado. Hey, Aaron. Hey there. Hey, thanks for holding. No problem. Um, so I really have a prayer request. Um, I'm a worship pastor in Parker, Colorado, and I lead worship with a student. Um, and she is just having a really hard time right now, um, battling anxiety and depression and... Um, Honestly, feels like she is unlovable because of how she feels like maybe she's a failure, and um, 
anyways, I've been trying to encourage her that, that God loves her, that her failures don't define her, that, um, that they don't make her unlovable or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't believe it. Um, right. And so, um, I'm afraid, um, of the worst, you know, um, I don't know, you know, she feels like giving up, um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can absolutely relate, Aaron. I, I as a pastor, I, I deal with this, um, very similar situations myself pretty frequently. And, uh, you know, that it's one of those things where we, it sounds like, you know, all the, all the right answers, you know, the truth. And, but I, I do understand that sometimes people don't feel it and they have trouble believing it until that point. So let's pray for this girl. It sounds like she needs yeah. a lot of grace. So Heavenly Father, we pray for Aaron. Thank you for his ministry down there in Parker. Lord, thank you that he gets to serve alongside other people and he gets to be a pastor, not just a worship leader. And I thank you for that uh, calling, that role you've got him in. Lord, I pray for this young woman who he's serving alongside. Lord, I just pray that light and life would come into her heart and mind. And Lord, I just remember what First John says about you, Jesus, that, um, Lord, in you is light and there is no darkness at all. And Lord, I remember what it says in John chapter 1 where it's introducing you to the world and it says that in you, in, in Jesus, was the light of, or was life. And that life was the light of men and it dispels the darkness. In other words, the darkness cannot overcome it. So Lord, I pray that that light and that joy and that truth would enter into her mind in such a way that it does drive out the darkness, that it brings clarity, that it dispels those clouds that are clouding her mind and her thoughts. Um, Lord, I know that also that spiritual warfare, the arena for spiritual warfare so often is the mind. And so, Lord, I pray that as the enemy attacks her mind, Lord, that she would take up uh, all of the spiritual armor that's talked about there in Ephesians and that she would um, that she would fight with the word of God and in prayer. That she would take up the sword of the spirit. And Lord, that she would engage in prayer. Thank you for people around her who care about her. And Lord, we do pray that you would preserve her life. And I, I remember how the Apostle Paul, he prayed about his affliction. Whatever that was, that thorn in the flesh that he had. And he said that he prayed three times that the Lord would take it away fervently. And the answer came back, uh, no because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And Lord, I pray that this young woman would experience that as well, that she would experience your strength being made perfect in her weakness. Lord, that you would carry her through this time, Lord, and truly that you would lift this fog and that she would see uh, the light. And Lord, that she would get the help that she needs and, and Lord, that there would be a breakthrough. I pray for a breakthrough in this situation. So Lord, I pray for Aaron, that you give him so much wisdom as he ministers to this young woman. And, and use him in her life and use the others there in that church. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank thanks, you, sir. Aaron. Yeah, that's big stuff, so thanks for calling in. Yep, thanks. All right, bye-bye. Right. Listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. This is the show where you can call in uh, with your prayer requests, with your questions about the Bible, we would love to hear from you. The number is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Let's go to Jackie in Lafayette, Colorado. Hey, Jackie. Hey, Pastor Nick. Um, so I have both a prayer request and a question. Okay. Um, 
just to give you like a quick, as I can, synopsis, um, I have a 25-year-old daughter, okay. and um, her and her husband have both cut everyone in my family off. Um, from the last time that I talked to him, it's really more about her, and I, and I actually believe that based on just things that I know about her. Sure. Um, it's, this has been going on for almost two years. Um, her, her and her husband were living with us. Um, they are not believers. Okay. Uh, my daughter was raised in church, but she's since turned from her faith. But while they were living with us and we were paying all the bills and taking care of everything, um, we required them to go to church. You're in our house. You follow our rules. Um, they ended up moving out in the middle of the night. Um, and I have not talked to her since. And I've only talked to him one time. Um, I found out in April that she's pregnant, which is a beautiful thing. She's got some fertility issues. So this is a wonderful blessing from God. But I'm broken because I just want to be part of her life. Um, I'm blocked on every kind of social media, so I really only find things out through other people, what little I do know. Um, I know where she works, and about eight months after this all started, I actually went to her work, because she works, well, then she worked at the Starbucks, and um, it, I didn't even try to talk to her, I just wanted to see her face. And she got very angry and started, you know, like she didn't talk to me, but you could tell she was very upset that I was there. And then like a week later she had, um, and she, I don't believe she was pregnant then, but she had like a baby catalog registry sent to our home in her name, like just specifically I feel to hurt me. Mm. And so I have not, before I was blocked, like, on her Facebook and stuff, I would private message her, like, once every four to six weeks just to say, like, I love you, I miss you, I wish things didn't have to be this way. You know, not, like, angry, but just to let her know that I'm there and I love her. Um, biblically, I want to know, should I be pursuing her more? And, and one of the reasons I don't is I feel I'm trying to do my best to be at peace with all people and with her anger. I, I don't want to continue to make her upset yeah. and, and possibly block any reconciliation in the future. Yeah. Um, so, so and, and obviously I want prayer for reconciliation. Yeah. Well, let's do that too. But yeah, to answer your question, I mean, that's a, you know, one, one of the things I love about the Bible, but it also makes it, um, you know, it'd be really easy if if there was just a, a yes or no answer to some 
to all questions. Obviously, there are to some, but to all questions, right? I guess I've heard it put this way, that in some ways the Bible is more like, it's not so much like a how-to manual where you open up to page 57 and it says what to do in this instance, but it's rather what the Bible gives us is principles. And sometimes those principles um, are broad and sometimes they overlap. And so sometimes you have to ask yourself, okay, like for example, you, you see Jesus, he at one point, He's, they, there's this tax that they're supposed to pay. And he says, you know, should we pay the tax? And the people are like, I don't know, should we pay the tax? And Jesus says, you know what? We don't want to make a big deal out of this. Let's just pay the tax and get it over with. Another time you see Jesus right. in a similar instance, right? That was regarding a temple tax. Uh, and so then you see Jesus in another instance where he sees people doing something else with temple and money, uh, where they're, you know, kind of doing this weird money changing thing where they, you could right, only Right, and make the whip and throw right. tables over. Right, and so the question is, is this, a, is this an instance when I should be make a whip and turn over the tables, or is this an instance where I should say, you know what, I'm just going to pay this and not create any waves? And because both of them have biblical precedent, right? And so that's where right. the Bible would say, okay, well, here's two principles. Both of them are in the Bible. And then God would say, well, see me for further instructions, right? Like, so see me for which one applies in this particular instance. And so that's where I, I want to encourage you to pray about this. And I know that that's, uh, that's an easy, and that sounds like an easy answer from me, but I think it's actually the most honest answer I can give you is ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in this. But I will give you just a couple other biblical thoughts. Uh, one of them is that, as you probably know, it says in Proverbs that a kind word turns away wrath. And I would just encourage you to approach her with humility. And maybe you're already doing that. But I just want to say, I, like, I have no way to contact her right now right. other than to, like, go to her work, which obviously, I, even if I were to just say I love you, is, is very confrontational to her. I see. You know, one one thought would be write her a note, get it to somebody who can give it to her personally and give her a note written on paper. And I would just encourage you to just be super humble and say, hey, for whatever I need to apologize for, I apologize. And I I want to be reconciled. And the reason, as you know, reconciliation, like if we read Second Corinthians chapter 5, that is a major gospel principle. We're to be agents of reconciliation. And it sounds like you want that. So I mean, I realize that I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, but I, um, I would just encourage humility. And and on the other hand, I do. I personally am a big fan of of uh, seeking reconciliation. And um, you know, you definitely don't want to do it to the point where uh, you're, you know, making things worse. But if you can do it in a way that's winsome, that hopefully she might receive. Uh, I I do think that because I believe that God is a God who pursues us. I, I sometimes hear people talk about God as, you know, like if people say no to God, then he's just kind of like, all right, you know, I've got a lot of other people. I'll be fine without you. But I really see the heart of God as being one, you know, like look at Luke 15, the parable of lost sheep. Um, mm -hmm. You see, you know, th there's this song, right? This, this uh, song about reckless love that's really popular yeah. right now. And people are all a little, some people are really upset about it because they're like, that seems like a irresponsible way to talk about God. But actually that, if you listen to the song, he's talking about Luke 15. He's talking about how God leaves the 99 sheep to go after the one. And if you think about that from a business standpoint, that is absolutely oh, it's reckless. it's completely illogical, but God's right. business is upside down from the world. Right. And so, so in that way that you could say that that would definitely appear reckless from a business perspective. So I guess I'm just saying that I see that God really does emphasize the fact that he's a God who pursues. I look at the Apostle Paul. 
Apostle Paul was running away from God, and God went and pursued him. So I, I do think that that is important, but I would just encourage you to do it in a winsome way that does not get you ended up with a restraining order or something, okay? so um, Which seriously is why I only was contacting her on Facebook privately, yeah. like once every four to six weeks, and literally just like, I love you, yeah. I'm sorry, I wish things could be different. Like, I, I, I've totally taken whatever blame I can for what I'm not even sure she's upset about. Okay. You know, cause, because again, there was no confrontation. She literally just left in the middle of the night. Okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Let me pray for you. I think that's where we're at now is like, let's, let's just Thank pray. You. Cause uh, I think that's our best resource. So Heavenly Father, I pray for Jackie. I pray for her relationship Thank with her you. daughter and just uh, empathize with this heartbrokenness, this helpless feeling like, what can I do? What should I do? Lord, I pray for her daughter's heart that it would be softened towards her mom, that when she hears these words, I'm sorry, that she would feel them, that it would be something that she really understands, that it's genuine and honest. And Lord, I pray for Jackie, you give her a lot of um, wisdom with how to talk to her daughter and how to reach out to her in a way that really won't push her away and won't dig the the trench deeper, but will truly uh, begin to draw her closer. And we pray for this pregnancy, Lord. We pray that this little baby would be you, healthy and strong and, and grow up to know you and walk with you. And we pray that there would be a, a time in the future and hopefully the near future when Jackie gets to be part of their lives again. We pray that in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Jackie. Thanks for calling in. Thank uh, you. Bye-bye. Have a great day. You're listening bye. to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church. Taking your calls and texts on the air today, let's go to George in Greeley, Colorado. Hey, George, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you for holding. What's yes, up? Um, I have a question about uh, when, in the Bible, I don't know where it's at, but it says Jesus, God will never forsake us. Okay. And then when Jesus was on the cross, why did he ask his father, how come he forsook him? Well, let's look that, up that, that verse I, first, that I will never leave you or forsake you. Right. Uh, that seems like a contradiction to me. Yeah. Well, I think you gotta, uh, you got to find the context, who it's said to. So let's look at that. Um, there's a couple of verses where it's said, I will never leave you or forsake you. But it looks like the main uh, instance of this is found in Deuteronomy chapter 31. That's the first instance of it. Uh-huh. Right? And okay. So here's what it says. Now, let's remember who's talking to who here. This is right. Moses, and Moses is talking to the new generation. These are the generation that was born in the wilderness during the wilderness wandering. So okay. Remember that the, the first generation that came out of Egypt in the Exodus, that then we get in the book of Numbers, and God says, okay, I brought you out of Egypt, but I didn't just bring you to bring you out in the desert. I brought you to take you to a destination, and that right. destination is the promised land. And so he led them straight north into uh, to the border of the promised land. And remember, they sent in the 12 spies. And yeah. 10 spies said, we can't do it. It's too difficult. Not even God can help us. They have giants in there. There's no way. We don't stand a chance. And then there were the two faithful spies, Joshua and Caleb, who said, mm-hmm. if the Lord's with us, we can do anything. That's right. And, and so what happened is, then God said, and then they, but, you know, democracy, right? Majority uh-huh. ruled, oh, and they yeah. said, "Well, hey, well, you know, we took a vote, and ten beats two, so uh, we're not going, and we're not going to do what God said." And so, and so, what happens is God says, 
you guys are gonna you guys are the faithless generation. You're gonna walk in the wilderness, which is actually if you look at, at a map, it's it's hard to really tell, but if you look that's a really it's a pretty small area geographically. Right? right. Like it probably took them five days to walk from where they were at um in at Mount Sinai to go up to mm-hmm. the border of Canaan. So imagine that for forty years walking in the middle of nowhere and you can probably like every now and then you're like really close to the border of the promised land, but knowing that you'll never go in and that you're right. gonna die in the wilderness. And so the new generation's born, right? That happens during uh the book of Numbers. The new generation's born, the older generation dies in the wilderness, and then the new generation that's born, now they're ready to cross in the wilderness. Moses cannot go into the wilderness because he struck the rock. You remember when he was supposed to speak to it? Yeah. And so he's speaking to the new generation. It's kind of like his last words, right? Because he knows that he's he's not going with them into the promised land, but they're going and Joshua's going to lead them. And so he gives them this great speech. That's what Deuteronomy is. It's Moses' speech to the new generation before they cross the Jordan River and go into the promised land in the book of Joshua. And so he's speaking to them and here's his words. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So I want you to remember just that, is this a promise for all people? And the answer would be, no, this is not a promise for all people. This is a promise, and I'll say I think there's two levels here. Uh, Number one, it was for those people specifically uh, regarding their specific situation, that they were going into the promised land. But secondly, I think it does apply to all of the children of God, the covenant people of God. Now, the question is, who qualifies as the covenant people of God? And in the Old Testament, of course, we see that the, the people of Israel had a covenant with God. They, they were the covenant people of God. Uh, now, in we, the New Testament, we see that, the, that Christians, we have a new right. covenant with God, yeah. right? So, yeah. so, for example, let's just say somebody who, is, who has rejected the offer of God's grace and salvation in Jesus, is that person part of the covenant people of God? No. no. And does this promise apply to them? No. no. And oh. and so so with Jesus on the cross, right? The thing yeah. about Jesus is that it says in, in 2 Corinthians, he became sin. God yeah. made him sin. That's right. Who, yeah. who had no sin, he became sin for our sakes so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And what that means is that God put all of our sin on Jesus. Yes. And and so when he looked at Jesus, he was judging him with the judgment that we deserved. And what we deserved is to be forsaken by God. Oh, but by, right. the, by the grace of God, God welcomes us, makes us his children, adopts us, gives us a new name, identity, future. It's glorious. But that's, yes. how, it, that's how it works, that God... Uh, forsook Jesus on the cross. Jesus was forsaken with the forsakenness that we ought to have received, but yet we don't because of God's grace and mercy. Okay, that clears it up for me then. Awesome. God bless you, Thank George. Thank you very much. Thank you, yes. Absolutely. God bless right. you. Have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, you listen bye. to, you listen to Calvary Live. We are in the last eight minutes of our show. Let's go to James in New Jersey. Hey, James. Good evening, Pastor Nick. Good evening. Hey, thanks for holding. Not a problem. What's up? Uh, well, I wanted to respond to a a caller by the name of Catherine, who I'm guessing called a week ago because it was broadcast this evening. And, of course, my response, she wouldn't hear for another week, I'm guessing. But at any rate, she had some real issues regarding... Uh, 
geology and science and and how that relates to Genesis, and she was really struggling. And I just happened to hear an, a, a, a teaching by Dr. Jason Lyle, who I believe is associated with the uh, uh, Answers in Genesis uh, people that you uh, refer to. And uh, I, I just wanted to, you know, my heart was touched to the point where I had to pull over to the side of the road and call in. Mm. Uh, the Holy Spirit compelled me to do that because uh, what I'd like her to know is that most scientists come from inside of a box that basically excludes any references to God. But if you were to listen to other scientists who are in the same fields doing the same work, uh, the most up-to-date minute, up-to-the-minute uh, data suggests that the Bible is more true than any assertions that these other scientists can come up with. And I, I, I really felt her heart that she, you know, she was searching, and uh, I felt compelled to pull over and just try to... Uh, I wanted to give her the name of this Dr. Jason Lyle. It's spelled L-I-S-L-E. And I hope she's a repeat listener, because uh, there's some good information out there for her and people like her that are searching. And, yeah, and let's uh, just I, say... I just felt compelled to share that. That's great. Hey, thanks for calling in. I'm looking up Jason Lyle right now. And again, just for any of our listeners, again, I'll just repeat how his name is spelled because it is a bit uh, different than you might expect. So it's L-I-S-L-E. And what I'm seeing about him, he's graduated Mac summa cum laude from Ohio Wesleyan University. He double majored in physics and astronomy and minored in mathematics. And then he did his graduate work right here. I'm in. Uh, I'm just down the road from the University of Colorado in Boulder, and that's where he got his uh, his PhD in astrophysics. So he's a serious guy here. And um, yeah, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners would benefit from looking up Dr. Jason Lyle. And it looks like he studied right here uh, where I'm at in Boulder County, Colorado. So hey, um, thank you for calling in, and I really do hope that other uh, lady was listening, or she will be listening when this airs in your area next week. Just a reminder for our listeners: our our East Coast stations are uh, on a one-week delay, but um, but you know I think there are probably a lot of people listening uh, right now who are who are going to benefit from this too. So look up Dr. Jason Lyle, and it looks like he works with Answers in Genesis Ministries. So hey, thank you so much for your call. God bless you, uh, Pastor Nick, and I love your ministry and uh, keep on trucking. Awesome. God bless you. Bye bye. You listen to Calvary Live. We have four minutes left in the program. Such a great show today. So glad that you tuned in. Um, let's go to Tom in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Tom, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. Um, I just wanted to lift up in prayer uh, a number of families. I don't know all the details, but I just heard today that there were a number of missionary families on the crash in that plane in Cuba. Uh, mm -hmm. happened like about four or five days ago. Yes, I heard and about it. I, I just heard from a friend of mine who's actually in the leadership of the Church of the Nazarene in this area here, and uh, I just want to lift up those families in prayer who lost loved ones who are now with the Lord. Uh, apparently, there are some there are some young children now without mothers and fathers, and I just want to lift up uh, that situation to God. Yeah, let's do that. Heavenly Father, we pray for these families that were in 
that were affected by this plane crash in Cuba. Lord, our hearts break, and we know that your heart breaks. Lord, your word says in, in Ezekiel, Lord, that you don't delight in the death of the wicked. You don't delight in the death of anybody. Your desire is that all people would come to repentance. And so, Lord, our hearts break for those uh, who have lost loved ones. We know that those uh, who are Christians, we don't mourn as those do who have no hope. Uh, but our hearts even break even for those families whose loved ones maybe didn't know you. And so, Lord, we pray that you would bring comfort to them, but it would also be a catalyst for them to take seriously uh, the call to new life in Jesus, the call to say yes and receive your grace that you offer us freely in Christ. So, Heavenly Father, we pray for all these families who are suffering and hurting right now, Lord, that you would be their comforter, that you would be with them, and Lord, that they would sense your presence and that uh, truly you would comfort them. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, Tom. Thanks for calling in. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady, and we have two minutes left. I want to answer one question that was texted in right before we end. So here's the question. I was baptized when I was a child, but I don't think I had a relationship with Jesus until my heart changed until uh, three years ago at age 24. I've been contemplating baptism as a believer, but should I not since I was baptized as a child, although possibly unbelieving? You know, I, I, the reason I want to ask this question, I lived in Hungary as a missionary for 10 years, and, you know, Hungary, a uh, traditional country, and uh, a lot of Roman Catholic believers there, and myself, like I mentioned earlier in the show, was raised in a Roman Catholic setting. And, you know, so this is a question for a lot of people who grew up in these settings, you know, whether it's um, whatever tradition it might be that baptized babies is that maybe they end up becoming coming to real faith later in life and they wonder, should I be baptized? I think there are two approaches to this, and I've got one minute, so I'm going to be fast. Two approaches to this. One approach is you can say, by coming to faith, I am basically ratifying my baptism. I think you could do that. You could say that, make a case for that. But I, I actually found myself advocating more for saying, you know what, um, baptism in the Bible as I see it is something where a person comes to faith and then they make a decision because it, what it represents is death and resurrection in Christ. So I'm an advocate for it, but I don't, I'm not dogmatic that you have to. You've been listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Thanks for tuning in today. Tune in to Calvary Live every weekday. 4 to 5 p.m. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.